This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 570, brought to you by Harry's. Go to harrys.com right now and enter code iFanboy at checkout to get a post-shave bomb also free. That's harrys.com, code iFanboy, and iFanboy listeners just like you.
Hello, welcome to the Fanboy Pickle Podcast, episode 570. I'm Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Ron Richards. Hello. And we found Josh Flanagan. Josh came home. What? It's so cold. <laughs> <laughs> well, Josh, just because you can't run away every time you don't like what's going on at home. I. <laughs> wow. I was just like, do we take the edgy comedy route or do we softball that one? Because I could have gone either way. <laughs> Go on. We we are iFanboy. We write, read comics. We read our stack of comics. One of us picks our favorite book. We call it the pick of the week. We talk about that book. We talk about other books. Patron pick. Some listener mail if we have time. It'll be a fun time. It'll be fun. Here's your spoiler warning. This is a review show. There'll be spoilers. Use your head. Josh had to pick this week. I did have the pick. This I... is a minefield script. <laughs> it makes it interesting. This week's been a lot of fun. Um, so this was one of those weeks where I sort of read everything and I went, oh, I don't know what to do. So I had to like go back and sort of like, what am I going to pick? Cause it wasn't, <laughs> I had to go back just to where it all began. Like, what, am all. Doing, what am I doing with my world. life? <laughs> no, it's just like, I had to look at the list cause there wasn't anything that stand out. This, that's the way it so works. I went back. I went back to Avengers number 18 I and mean, that's where I started. <laughs> I read 700 <laughs> issues of Avengers between, between Thursday and, and now. guess what? And this week's Avengers still didn't make any sense. Didn't <laughs> I didn't read it. Um, I but when I was reading, I was trying to think of a standout moment from the week, and I, I briefly made a joke to you guys that when you put Stony Danza in a comic book, that's good enough to be pick of the week. Turns out it was. Uh, so the, the pick of the week is Flintstones number eight. Um, that's not just it. Uh, no, actually, it's, it's it's also you give me you give me a Howard Chaykin variant cover, I, and I, I will I will be on my knees thanking you. You will note that. I put that in the note on the script just so I wouldn't forget. See hey, that. that's a Howard Chaykin cover in a Flintstones book. How how much do you want a Howard Chaykin drawn Flintstones issue now? By the way, Ooh, I don't know if I do want that. I don't either. I do. I do. <laughs> anyway, a black. Kiss uh, no, no offense to Steve Poop. Steve Poop's awesome. So. No, I I don't think this book is right unless Steve Poop draws it. I yeah. feel we like had calling some him good Steve Poop might be offensive to him though. Because <laughs> we, we who was it? Pew. 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 We had um, Rick Leonardi in, I think. Yeah, it was Rick Leonardi. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was yeah. good, but I, I think when, when Pew draws it, it sort of sings. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's this, again, like, there's actually bits in this issue where, and we're going to, you know what? We're going to keep talking about this because I don't think we're going to have it long. And it really is a special thing to be like, oh, it's a Flintstones week, which, you know, <laughs> six months amazing. ago. <laughs> That's not and then like and like it like yeah six months ago the Hanna Barbera line at DC was a joke it was like the bad Mad Max ripoff and all stuff like that and the Flintstones is the shining gem in the world and God bless Mark Russell because I don't know if you guys saw the preview for Snagglepuss but we might have another hit on our hands. <laughs> Are you joking? No, I'm not. Oh my God, it's amazing and it's Mark Russell. Well, all right, whatever you can he's, do to get that guy work to just destroy corporate icons. He's a southern. He's a southern playwright. <laughs> so this is according to the AV Club. I'm sorry. This is distracting from the Flintstones. But the AV Club's article, new comic series reimagines Snagglepuss as a gay 1950s playwright. Well, reimagines it might be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I think he was always a gay southern playwright, but still it was. <laughs> I just I. I can't wait. Or two, two days ago, even. 
<laughs> I literally cannot wait. Mark also says, I envision him like a tragic Tennessee Williams feature. Huckle Huckleberry Hound is sort of a William Faulkner guy, and they're in New York in the 50s. Marlon Brando shows up, Dorothy Parker, the socialites from New York of that era that come and go. Like, how amazing is that? How, how does that get? Editor, I don't know, but the editor just not understand. All right, so all here, right sure. Here's my point to your point that the Flintstones might not be around for long. I don't know. I think it's gonna be around at least a little bit longer. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm living in it while I can. Is my point. Yeah. So there's actually one other moment in this that is not a funny moment. Um, that you know how like the other thing that keeps happening in this book is uh, we keep getting a, a view into the life of of the appliances, the dinosaur, the sad appliances, the sad, yeah. dark closet <laughs> of existential ennui. Yeah. There's this so basically in this one Wilma goes back to visit uh where she grew up uh where where her her mother and other women like her had sort of pioneered the idea of what if we farm um which was kind of interesting and sort of the hunter gatherer thing and and saying that men men take all the credit and and women have, have done all these great things and don't get any credit for it yeah. blah 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 there's one panel where the mother says something along the lines of, of, you know, how it was hard. And sometimes she felt like a domesticated farm animal herself. And she's sitting up in bed crying next to, like, her sleeping husband. And yep. it was dark. Yes. And grim. <laughs> Well, this is this is this, like this issue particularly was interesting because a lot of the issues they're they're all one and dones, right? They're all single. We haven't had like a real. I mean, admittedly, we're telling the long story arc of the Flintstones, but we haven't had like a multi-issue story yet, right? But some issues have been really like we're you know we're talking about this this one topic and nailing it on the head. But this this issue not only touched on the hunter-gatherer storyline and the farmers and Wilma's mother, but we also get a B-plot of a political B-plot, and we get the C-plot of the kids learning about economics. So, like, there's a lot packed in here, and it's all dark. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, each issue has that theme. This theme is gender, politics, gender equality, but the B-story is all about um, a politician who convinces people to give up funding for their kids' schools so you can get new armor for the dinosaur army. The hospital is the hospital. The Children's hospital, hospital, sorry. Yeah. Children's yeah. hospital. And then the C-plot, you're right, is is, a, is about how the economic system is meant to crush the workers. I mean, <laughs> it's, a com- it's a communist book. It's, it's, it yes. is what it is. Um, I don't have a problem with that. It's, you know, but, it, I mean, that's what it is. He looks, like, uh, he looks like Marx, too. I don't think I'd put that together until just now. Yeah. Like, um, the economic oh, professor but- literally looks like Marx. But he the, does. Yeah, he does. <laughs> or is it the odd thing is it's that a couple, weeks ago on, a couple weeks ago on the show, we made a couple of dumb uh, Who's the Boss jokes. Just because we we're old and we watched Who's the Boss. But now, in this issue, you have an extended Who's the Boss riff. Which just was ongoing. <laughs> I thought it was really weird. I'm not saying we did it. We definitely didn't. I just mean something in the universe saying everyone should think about Who's the Boss for a little while. Because we, we, we had it in our brain and then so did Mark Russell. Yeah. So and 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 there's an infinite amount of humor that comes with Tony Danza's just being. Well, and it makes well, sense. It's, who's it's, the boss was about gender politics. It's and the, Stony Danza. Politics. Yeah. It's Stony, Stony Danza. Stony, Stony but, Danza. But it should be noted that's Tony Danza. Yeah. There's no. There's no like hint to that drawing. It's Tony Danza. There's no if Tony, and or but. It's Tony Danza brought in until you do the commercials. It's to a very good cartoon, to, Tony Danza. I might add. Yeah. yeah. Convince people to give up their funding for the schools in order to to make the dinosaurs the army better. Um, and and I'll give Mark Russell credit that he does tie in 
the the main plot of Wilma's, you know, kind of why she left home and the, you know the the that whole scenario basically her her you know her her father had traded her, you know, and so she ran away and um for goats. At, come on, for, he, yeah, goats, goats are awesome. Right. And they tied they tied that responsibility to children back into the political plot. You know, when they're having a town hall and and confronting the uh, talking about the hospital and confronting the leader, and Fred gives an impassioned speech about being a veteran and what that meant, and really he was there to protect his children and and very nice and just and it does it falls on deaf ears and the and the the dinosaurs get some pretty sweet armor. <laughs> Let's go kill some lizard people. <laughs> I like the Stunny Danza commercial where he's talking about lizard people. He's like, look at them. I'm not even sure they're people. I'm not even sure they have children. Weird. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's hard to – it's not really like one thing. It's just that out of everything I read, this was – again, I was like, oh, that's no, no, I, really, I, really I good again. It, well, what it was... did was it, it punched me in the beef. It keeps punching <laughs> me in the beef over and over. <laughs> Metaphorically. <laughs> It's it's it just it's so it hits the nail on the head so much and like and we're 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 totally the c plot of the kids learning about economics where the guy gets kicked out and then is keeps on trying to educate the children right like he's come through the window oh, he, or through the vent like was, he looks he looks more and more like Lenin as you go through it yeah exactly yeah he, I see, he turns like, into Lenin okay okay <laughs> I'm getting it now don't read comics backwards kids. Yeah, um, it's it, it's it, the whole thing. The whole package is amazing. This comic continues to be great. And yeah, I mean, I cannot for, I cannot wait for Snagglepuss for your 20 pages. We just covered a lot of ground. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's dense. It, they're they're it, dense. They're dense pages. I mean, I really look forward like I want to see this collection come out and I want to look back in five to ten years. And we're like, you know what? You know, what was really the defining work in comics in 2017. Yeah. It, it was the Flintstones. Well, it's. <laughs> I mean, it's a book. It's a book of our time. I mean, if you're yeah. able to see through the smoke in five years, you know, and <laughs> printing is still a thing. Um, <laughs> sure, oh, it's a good chance we will have had to burn all the books for fire and warmth. Yeah, but. yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, but the, I mean, uh, I love it. I love that we we're I, and and I'm seeing all these articles. Although I, I could do without articles to say that the Flintstones is the most woke comic. Um, but uh, but other people are starting to pick up on it, so hopefully we get a lot. Mark Russell, bravo, man! He's, I want to. And, and Pew is a, a perfect. Like he's been perfect. Yes, yeah. couldn't couldn't yeah. imagine a better guy. I, I want to want just to. T- I want to give uh, that. Not only is there a shaken cover, it's a really clever one. Where they're both outside the bathrooms, and one says hunters, and one says gatherers, and they're like, I don't, I don't yeah. know what that means. Yeah. It's like when I go and, to a Spanish restaurant, and I'm not sure which one's which because I don't speak Spanish. It's like, hmm. I believe you're a caballero. <laughs> oh, I know that with, now, but look for the one with the hat. Um, I gotta say, I mean, we all know my, I love, I love my Chaken and I love my Chaken women, but Chaken Betty is, 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 uh, is, is where it's at. Okay. Doing it well. It's like, that's, she's like drawn for you. It's, yes, it's pretty much. Um, also, strangely enough, this is the second, second of two books this week featuring a giant sloth. Yeah. Well, also, so, something weird is in the water. Which is funny because I just bought my niece a sloth plushie for her birthday. And and uh, former iFanboy uh, contributor Ryan Haupt is a sloth expert. Sloth. <laughs> well, that's the reason I thought of it is because I just, I was at the La Brea Tar Pits and they had a whole thing about the giant sloths that used to roam. I, I I've seen that exhibit. Yeah, the giant. And sloth. I sent a message to Ryan and he started talking to me about sloths. He'll over do that. Text, and I was like, I gotta go, Ryan. I gotta. I'm at the yeah, no. Yeah, you you poke you poke the sloth on that one, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, you have a lot of time to change direction. 
<laughs> Speaking of changing direction, uh, Deadly Class number 26 continues to be one of the best comic books on the stands as far as I'm concerned for my, my, my dollar. It's, it's um, interesting that you say turn, change direction because I, the last issue, or at least uh, I don't think I was on, but one of my last pick of the weeks was, was a couple issues ago of this. And yeah. that was because it was very funny. Yes. And this was a whole opposite thing. Uh, same book, you know? Yeah. And and really impressive. And pretty big. And this is this is the prologue, um, and where we find out that remember we, we were talking about our, we we we've been enjoying the new class and all stuff like that because the protagonist Marcus uh, was dead. And it turns out he's not. Um, yeah, I didn't I didn't like this. I didn't. Oh, I, 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 for that reason, I, I, I liked that he was dead. I liked the, yeah. the the audacity to kill the main character and start with a new group of characters. Um, seeing him back was not. I was like, oh, that's disappointing. But well, it's but so that's, but comic said, book. The, yeah. I know, but I don't. I also didn't like him, so I was happy that he was gone and was was fun, having fun with the new character. It doesn't have. To, I mean, it is comic book, but also it can be whatever. And yeah, if if yeah. if the story is about a school, following the next class of students makes sense. And then well, that, uh, that's why I'm cu- I'm cu- that said I'm curious to see how what Remender is laying out with by bringing back these two characters by bringing back Marcus and Maya. Um, and how they will now interact with the new class. I find that interesting. But regardless of what it, this issue does for the longer narrative, as a single comic book issue, this was this was like like straight up pacing, you know, kind of you know, like yes, this is a lot of action. Basically, Marcus is uh, uh, Maya has been is is being held captive, and Marcus goes kind of under. You know, we don't know it's him until the very end of it. But you know, somebody breaks into into this into this compound to save her. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, you know, a, a lot of action, but also Wes Craig on art. I mean, just like the, you know, the fact that uh, she's hooked up to a, a, a box spring and it's kind of the electric electrocuting, th- you know, kind of torture thing. But every time the electricity was turned on, Wes Craig and uh, who's on, on colors? Uh, Jordan Boyd. Yeah, Jordan Boyd. They pop the colors to go inverse, you know, to show the and like those little visual cues that show that Wes Craig thinks on a like it's uh, on that aha level, you know, like of that level of okay, how can I play with what the reader is seeing on the page? Um, just impresses me every time, and I just I just love it. It's it's this is great. So yeah, this was probably my my runner up. This would have been my my other one, and I and I absolutely understand your your. Your yes, point, Connor. I, too. Yeah. I, I don't know that I didn't like him. I, I don't when he showed showed up. I was like, wait, is that? And then I had to get to the end. I was like, I'm just gonna read the letters. Yep, okay, yeah, I was right. That was who that is. But I couldn't remember his name. And he's just a comic book dude. So you know, I was like, oh, it's just a human. I, I don't know exactly. That it's that guy. <laughs> nobody ever says nobody ever says that in comics. So I mean, but yeah. I, I get it, Connor. But I get it, Connor. I, I, I do. I don't necessarily disagree with you, but I like that at least how it happened. You know. So. I was going to mm-hmm. say something I mean, about a turn in this, but I realized that was the last issue, not this one. Yeah. So, yeah. Because I read a few at once. So, The Flintstones was my pick of the week if I'd had the pick of the week. However, it, it almost could have gone to Batman 16 solely for the scene where Bruce Wayne has to eat at a bat burger. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Well, it's funny because I was, I was reading, I read this issue, and I, I did think the scene of Bruce having to eat the bat burger was very funny. Um, but I and maybe uh, correct me if I'm wrong, whether you guys disagree, maybe I'm being too critical or not. But I felt like, you know, the first arc with David Finch on art was mm-hmm. was really good. And then as I'm reading this, I was like, oh, this is the Finch we were worried about from an art standpoint. It's not I, that bad. I thought I, there were some I, there were some pages and panels where I was like, ooh, you know, I don't know that it hasn't taken a, a different step. But I mean, it's just like anything. Like when you first get in, you're like, I'm going to really kill this. And then once you get into the grind of it again. You know, it becomes what yeah. it becomes, but it's not—it's not the super pointy David Finch like over-rendered thing that I yeah. worried. About. I think Jordi Belair helps a lot. I don't know if Danny Mickey was the inker previously. 
I don't think I love his inking as a person. I like him with some people. He's done a great, he did a great job with um, John Romita uh, yeah. for a long time. I really like his work, but I've seen him on other stuff that I don't like it as much. And sometimes it's just not. Well, a it's funny because because I thought the rooftop scene with Batman and Catwoman I thought looked great. Yeah. I actually thought the burger joint scene was the one that was the weakest, where there's, there's not a lot of action going on and there's a lot of nuance and like stuff going on in the background with well, between we, Damien and 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 Jason and stuff like that. That I just I it just felt rushed to me. Character yeah. acting isn't. David Finch's strong suit. So when yeah. you have a scene with a bunch of people sitting around a table talking and they all have the same blank facial expression, it doesn't right. help. That's what I'm talking about. Yep. So that's where you're not going to shine. This is a better arc for uh, the other guy who's drawing the other arc. Who is that? Uh, can I think? I, I will tell you, though, like as a as coming down from, you know, go from Batman and Catwoman from those last couple issues was kind of like, Steamy. all right. Yeah. All right. I, I, get, I get it. But. You know, shouldn't the woman working at the Bat Burger, which is a Batman themed uh, fast food joint, be dressed as Batgirl or Batwoman and not Wonder Woman? That's a good point. The corporate decisions are not always good. <laughs> and how is this legal? Well, who's going to sue? Yeah. Batman? Batman doesn't yeah. have a copyright. Although I Batman did like, Inc. did. Uh, it's true. Batman Inc. did was huh. a, you know. Thing. I just liked the, I love the, the, the splash page of Welcome to Bat Burger. Mm-hmm. Yes. With, with the sad sack teenager wearing the Batman outfit. And then cut to. Bruce with his arms crossed, glaring at him. Yeah, that and was funny. It just well, he keeps glaring. I thought that was then, very funny. I laughed. I also that. like the. I also like the on the menu. Uh, they have the ivy salad, and in handwritten over it says "not poison." <laughs> I, I think the lettering on that sign could have been better. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, that was that. that yeah, I agree. I'd also like to point out a couple things. A, I wasn't sure that I was looking at Bruce Wayne when they switched to him because all three yep. of those guys look exactly the same. Despite yep. their age, also he's wearing an ill-fitting suit. Josh he wouldn't wear an ill-fitting suit. He would wear a perfect. He wouldn't. He'd wear a great suit. suit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, Dick Grayson's not wearing a suit. The jacket's way too short, and then the, yeah. it's not. It's wrong. But anyway, there's a Mr. Zaz window. Is what I was going to get at. Oh, there is. That's you're right. fucked up. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, you're right. Oh my god. Ash marks is a person. I really, I feel like that that whole conversation, like with, of like Bruce Wayne talking to him, is just like old comic fans versus new. Like, but that's yeah. not how it's supposed to be. And he's like, I don't know. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. I was like, oh. I, my two points are I still don't care about Gotham Girl, and she seems to be driving the narrative. Um, yeah. And the other thing is I will I'll say it right now. I will give anyone at DC 100 American dollars to get rid of Damien. I'm putting a bounty on him. Wow. In cash. Cash you money. Really, you really hate him. Well, cash with the arrowhead. Just get rid of him. That last page, wow. you know, you might be owing somebody. Redcon him. Retcon him. He was never there. It was all a dream. Retcon him. Bruce, have Bruce step out of the shower, and then <laughs> and Patrick Duffy be there. Yeah, have Bruce played by Patrick Duffy. God, these folks <laughs> are old. What if um, he wakes up next to Bob Newhart? <laughs> or that too. Either way, as long as Damien is out of the picture, I will give whoever's responsible for this decision one hundred American dollars. All right. <laughs> Paper girls. Sloth appearance number two. Sloth appearance number giant giant sloth. I have a challenge for you guys for this. Uh, I know what this is going to be. It doesn't involve any cash. Uh, it's more about pride. I want, want, I want you guys to tell me <laughs> what, what the log line is for Paper Girls if you're pitching this story. <laughs> oh, I don't even that know. Was, that was literally all that I prepared was, I think I like this. I have no fucking clue what's happening. Yeah, it's it's like I could like Saga is a story of a family that was born from two sides of a war as they try to survive, you know, in their war. I would like one or two sentences that describe the story of Paper Girls because I don't know what the fuck is happening in this book. 
Is that I, bringing I, you I, down, I, or are I, you cool with it? Are you rolling with it, or are you like, fuck this? I don't know. Well, last week's episode where you were off on Walkabout, um, Ron and I decided we were, we were both going to go to trades on Saga because we weren't enjoying it in single issues anymore. Huh. Uh, I think I may be heading that way with Paper Girl simply because I need, I need more story chunks. I, I finished an issue, and I, I just don't know the relevance of what I'm reading or why anything's important or who the characters are or... I went off of this for a little while. Like I just kind of like I dropped a couple of issues, and I didn't know. I was like, I don't know what's going on. I don't like it. And then a couple back, like I kind of enjoyed it. And then here, I'm like, I'm lost again. Yeah. They they had me for a bit, and then they lost me. It doesn't. I don't know what the, what's happening. And it's eleven issues in. We're two trades in. Yeah. Yeah. And I well, love Brian I mean, He's a great I writer. Say, I was gonna say in BKV we trust, right? I mean, it's gonna it's gonna circle around. But yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm I wish I could I wish I could say, oh, you don't get it or whatever. But I'm right there with you. If, I'm enjoying if, the, I'm enjoying the Cliff Chang art. That's I that's know that my, if I said I was gonna go to trades, I would never look at this again. Yeah, like mm-hmm. I have to read the issues, or I just won't. I, I don't I, I don't mind. It's funny. I don't mind Saga. It doesn't doesn't bother me a bit. Yep. I like those issues. Anyway, I I hear you. And yeah, you that was my note. I was like, oh, there is a giant. So you, so. You're both saying neither one of you can meet the logline challenge. No, I cannot. I cannot. Uh, okay. A, okay. A, a group of girls from the 80s, a group of newspaper delivery girls from the 80s, uh, get are caught up, up in, in a time travel caper. Cape. Yeah, basically. <laughs> it's the vaguest logline ever. An okay. adventure. An adventure. There you yeah. go. That neither, neither caper nor adventure clear up anything. <laughs> Nothing at all. So, um, moving on quickly. All new X Men number eighteen. Um, I, I want to give it up to Dennis Hopeless because I feel like I, he's he's adequately carrying the torch of Scott Summers uh, with with young Cyclops, particularly in this issue. Um, you, you are you're so beaten down that adequately carrying the torch is is enough. To get you well, there. no, no, I mean, I mean, I, I'm sorry, I, didn't, I mean that to be more of a praising than it sounds, I guess. I mean, like, this is the first issue where young Cyclops starts has started to look and feel like Cyclops to me. I will um, still say that Bagley draws his eyes about three inches more higher than they would well, be. Well, yeah, yeah, you're right. At this yeah. point, Bagley's a bit of an albatross. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but um, but so th- this is a chapter in IVX, which is a shit show, but um, and has an awful dosis machina, whatever. How do I say that? Deus, Deus ex machina. De- Deus ex machina. Um, in, in the dumb, inhuman mosaic, that new character um, who who jumps into Cyclops, and because he had previously jumped into Magneto, Cyclops can see all of Magneto's thoughts, and that's how Cyclops finds out that Emma lied about how Scott died, and. You know that ba- you know basically this whole IVX thing is a sham, and that's how it ends. That he's gonna go make it right, but um, it is a sham. It is a sham. But uh, wow. But this this was neat because in in his in as he's so what happens is that the issue starts where it's post the battle the the dumb IVX battle, and it's all from Cyclops's point of view, and he's kind of uh, brooding because everybody everybody looks at him and and treats him like old Cyclops for stuff that he never did. You know, so there's that ennui of that, right? And then dumb Mosaic jumps in. And and Mosaic has taken over his body, and he's basically just hanging out in his, in his uh, you know brain. Ash, brain, and he sees a big Magneto helmet, and Mosaic's like, oh yeah, I just jumped out of him, and I still I keep some of his memories, and so Cyclops goes to look, and we get a nice we get a great page that kind of goes back in the history of Magneto, where we see you know like a, a, you know Nazi. You know, Nazi scientists experimenting on him. And we see him ripping the adamantium from Wolverine's body. We see the Morrison era Zorn Magneto, and then we see the current one. 
Um, I and then that's, love seeing 90s Magneto. How great was that? That right? costume is awesome. It's great. It's so good. Which you don't it's, say often about the 90s, but that that Magneto, that Jim Lee era Magneto costume was yep. simple. Perfect. Uh, it, it was, was a perfect. throwback to the to the original look a little bit, but it was modern. It was a great costume. Yep, great, great costume. Unlike the one that we have now. But um, but yeah, but so then he finds the truth about Emma and how Scott really died and IVX, and then we just like and and he's like, all right, I'm gonna come set you free. So the truth that is. So good job, Dennis Hopeless on on Cyclops and yeah, and yeah, all new X Men continues to be really the only readable one here. <laughs> it makes me feel like good to hear you say that about an X Men book. Like genuinely, oh, oh good, I'm glad you enjoyed yeah. that. Yeah, I have hope I for like the future. How they, can't des- they can't decide whether to make Iceman have the bald head or the hair, present hair look, because it changes. Yeah, they, well, the, well, the problem, well, the problem is that that's older Iceman. Now they've got the two Iceman, and when they're Iceman, you can't really tell the difference, and so they've got to make him with the dumb boy shorts costume and the hair. And whereas young Iceman is more of a, you know, looks like a smooth, icy head. And, and well, not anymore. In this issue, he has the right. hair. And last issue was he right. started with the smooth head, and he ended up with the hair at the end. There's no consistency. There's they nothing. really are driving home the point that uh, Iceman's gay, Ron. He's like uh, super. I know. Don't get me wrong. Don't He's get like me Miami sorry. Beach gay. So <laughs> Miami Beach. <laughs> okay. On that note, we are going to thank Harry's for sponsoring this episode of iFanboy. And uh, this is one of Harry's is one of those rare occasions where uh, here we've got a sponsor that all three of us are we're already customers of. Yes. So it's it's a nice little kismet in the world where Harry's is my razor of choice, and I'm so happy that they're here supporting us. Um, you know, I got completely sick of all the expensive razors at at Walgreens and and Dwayne Reed that are locked up, make you feel like a criminal when you're going to get them. Um, it just it just was not fun. Shaving was not something I look forward to. Um, but now, thanks to Harry's, uh, I look forward to shaving. It's fantastic. Um, and, and Harry's is so passionate about shaving. They knew the only way to ensure quality was to buy the factory. So they actually bought the factory, uh, in Germany and now they're making and selling us directly over the internet. Some of the best razors in the world and they're cheap. That's the greatest thing. So, uh, when you go to harrys.com, what can you order? You can order Harry's razors, which include everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. Uh, their handle is a weighted ergonomic handle with, as Connor has learned the very, uh, very gripping grips that keep it from slipping out of your hand while, while, while maybe shaving your head. It's a nice update, right? It was a great update. Um, the, each blade has got five precision engineers, blade, five precision engineer blades in it with a lubricating strip and the trimmer blade, which I am a big fan of as I can trim my sideburns to be perfectly cut at the lobe where they're supposed well, the, to be. The trimmer blade is the fifth blade. There's four the on the other blade. side. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And that, that trimmer blade is such a great addition. Um, and they've got a great rich lathering shave gel, um, and a travel blade cover. So you don't cut your hand. Like I actually just did the other day when I stuck my hand <laughs> in my drawer. Oh. I literally I have I have four little cuts on my knuckles. All right. All right. And listen, and listen, that's that's not Harry's fault. That's my fault. Because (laughs) I didn't use the I didn't use the blade cover. Yeah, exactly. Use error. But Harry's is so great, I couldn't even get mad at the blade when I'm sitting there bleeding. Uh, (laughs) I still love you, baby. Yeah, exactly. It's I know this is my fault. Uh, so listen, uh, Harry's is so confident in the quality of these blades. They want they want you to try the shave set for totally free. You 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 don't have to press pause or rewind. You heard that right. You can try it totally free. Just cover the shipping when you sign up, and you can get on board to the Harry's Shave Train. Um, and plus, as a special offer for iFanboy listeners, if you go to harrys.com right now and enter code iFanboy at checkout, you'll get the post-shave bomb for free as well. 
All right, so there's a lot of free there. Just pay the shipping, and you could become a Happy Harry's customer. Again, that's harrys.com, and use code iFanboy to get your free shave bomb and try the great Harry set. Uh, please do check it out. Harry's is great. We thank them for their support. So, after that, I suppose I can talk about Invincible 132. You could. I will. A uh, major character got killed. Who? Oliver. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, basically, this is the... Uh, how, how, do you, how do you feel about that as the son of an Oliver? Well, I'm his father. Um, <laughs> I mean, as the father of an Oliver. <laughs> well, this Oliver was always sort of weird, not a place. And also, he was given yeah. the name of the person who ruined a TV show on purpose. True. Good point. Yeah. Um, but this is the one where basically, like, like uh, Mark and... Uh, what's her name? Why can't I think of her Eve. name? Eve. There you go. Had sort of decided on, like, we've got this daughter. We're out. We're not going to get involved. We're going we're gonna to go isolationist. We're going to go Woodward Wilson original plan. Um, Woodrow Wilson. Uh, but we're like we're like two degrees off today. Everyone is just a little off. Like, well, I was out last week, so I'm out of practice. Um, but like World War One, you have to get involved because sometimes Thrag is going to find you. So Thrag and a couple of his kids come and they find them, uh, and it's a big fight. And uh, as will happen in an Invincible book, someone gets torn in half. Um, but it's actually pretty grim. They beat the sh- they beat the shit out of the little girl, and like uh, Mark and Eve were both killed. But then she she reconfigured. It was a whole thing. It was pretty. It was pretty. Like, oh, is the series over? Okay, well, no, it's no, get, it's fine. We're getting close, right? What's yeah. the final issue? I feel like they're going to one fifty. There was a note in the back that like this is one thirty two, and that like only ten. One forty four. One forty four is finally. They were like the only ten series have gotten to this point, so right. they're in that route, which seems low to me. Oh, so so one maybe thirty two. Oh, this is um, this is part of the final arc. Yep. So it's a 12-part story. So this is the first issue of the final arc. Yeah, and this was uh, Corey Walker's last issue. He's been around for quite a while. Um, so, so Ryan Otley is going to come back and have characters torn apart uh, by his pen for a little while, and that'll, that'll do. But well, it's, 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 it's nothing, to be, nothing to be proud. I mean, nothing to be ashamed of. This is a great book. Yeah. And I, 144 I, issues of it is going to be really something to... Look back. On. I have never once thought. Uh, I don't know if I want to keep reading that. Not not once. It's just it's a it's a constant in my life. For another year. Right. Another one. Of, another one of those things that's going to fall to the wayside uh, when we're going to keep doing our show. Yep. <laughs> we're out living invincible. Next. There's, <laughs> there's no chew. It's all getting harder. Uh, <laughs> Connor uh, and yeah. maybe maybe Ron. This is uh, you. Tell me. Ron hates Superman. Yep. I go recognize ahead. that, but he's reading books right now that I just don't expect. So I try not to judge. Superman 16, I I hate this. (laughs) Like, I was really into Superman for a while, and now I hate this a lot. And I'm, like, just reading it to get through because I want to know who the hell the other Clark Kent is. That's the only reason I'm around. And I know that I'm going to hate. But this, like, other League of Supermans where generic aliens are are capturing them, I hate it. How do you feel? Uh, Well... We discussed previously how much I love this arc. This is like classic DC multiverse nonsense. Fair this, enough. This, this particular issue, I, I think, was, was might have been the weakest one, which is it's the finale, I think, right? So uh, that's uh, you know too bad. But I did like you know that Clark got to bond with uh, King Kong. What the hell is that guy's name? Keenan. Keenan Kong. Um, that was nice because they had met before. I thought it was kind of interesting that they met for the first time in the middle of the story. But yeah. 
you know, they got, got to hang out on the last page and, you know, I, and I, you know, I will, I will, I'm not, I understand why you like that classic DC or whatever. That's never really been my favorite thing. So yeah, maybe that's well, why, but it just like, it started off one way and there was a whole thing going on. And uh, I don't know. I, that is probably very comic book as far as it all goes. But I, I, I think if you're a flash yeah. and like a giant grouping of heroes and there's some big, super big threat, you should just leave and go home because you're not going to make it through the whole thing alive. And in this issue, the uh, Flash from one of the, whatever world he's from died to help save everybody. <laughs> Which and was so, weird, because like, everyone was perfectly willing to sacrifice that guy, and then they were cool with it afterwards. Yeah. There Did was you notice that? There was, I, 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 again, I thought this was the weakest issue of this. I was really, really lo- enjoying this until this one, and this one felt kind of like a slog to get through. Yeah. So, I want, that, I, I want that Superman magic back. I was having fun with it for a little while. And right now mm-hmm. I'm a little lost. A little lost. It might be back. Planetoid Praxis. You may remember long ago uh, that, a, that a creator named Ken Gehring did a series called Planetoid um, through Image. Um, and he was on Graphically, actually, way back when that was a thing. Um, and he, he's, he came back with a, a follow-up to him. It took him six years. Yeah. And this is the first issue, and I did not remember anything about the last one until I got about halfway through. I was like, all right, yeah, there's a planet. And then there was like a revolution or revolt <laughs> kind of thing. Um, but what we have here... What I thought it was a really interesting moral play that it happened. Um, it's hard to explain. Is it hard to explain what's happening on the planet? What the setup for this thing is? I don't know if I really need to. Uh, I don't remember anything about the last series. So a bunch of colonists sort of were under yeah, the yoke of slavery. I don't know if explaining it is even worth it. Okay, you know, no, no, <laughs> I mean, no, 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 no. But I mean, it's 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 science fiction, and it's kind of you know like and and yeah. I mean, I, I think that it's you know you you'll recap the previous series. Yeah. Yeah. But basically, uh, a bunch of people who used to be slaves uh, threw off the, the yoke of their master and were building this world of their own. They felt perfectly safe. A strange visitor uh, comes. They realize that he's the same race as the people who used to enslave them, and they decide, not unlike in The Walking Dead, to kill him. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, they're like, maybe that wasn't a good idea for this reason, this reason, and this reason. So, you know, the, their society got, you know, got out of hand, basically, and that's what they're going to have to deal with. And it, it's a it's hard sci-fi setup. Um it was, it was yeah. pretty interesting. It was pretty good. I was like, all right, this was good. I remember this Very was good. good. But there's been so much between now and then that I really – it took me a, a good bit of thinking. But if you remember that, uh, if that sounds good to you, uh, make sure not to miss this because it's, it's more of, of the same. Yep. Uh, Nova number three, uh, continuing Jeff Loveness and Ramon Perez's jam on Nova. And, uh, and this is like, you know, issue one, I didn't love issue two was great. Issue three, I could do without Richard Ryder being a, uh, some sort of space zombie. Is that a new thing? Yes. It's from, I, that's, I, I believe we saw a glimpse, glimpse of it in the first issue. No, no. What I mean is, is that new to the character with this series? Yes. Like, I, I don't. Yes. You know, we don't you, know. That's you, the mystery. Yeah, no. That, that's basically him coming no, out. But of the what cancer. I'm saying is, he wasn't like that before when he died. No, he, he was, was not. He okay. was not. But he he Definitely. got trapped in the cancerverse. So my assumption is that the only way he got out of the cancerverse is by becoming whatever he's become now. And I get that's an angle, but I love Rich Rider, and so like I don't you know, I don't like that. I also thought there like, was a couple of storytelling problems in this issue. Oh yeah, training. this was a like, rough issue. I had trouble following the action in a couple of pages, which I thought was unusual for you know a guy as good as Ramon Perez. But um, yeah, and it's just weird that the the, the 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 jump and the gap between like issue two was great, and this was 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 more like issue one, which was not great. But, I don't you know. know that it, it the 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 monster zombie thing. I was like, well, that's not necessary. It's the you know it's the it's the I'm a vampire, but I have to hide it from everybody kind of thing. Whatever right. you know that story yeah. we've seen. I, I really like 
I really like the interaction between Sam and and, and uh, yeah, me too. a me lot. Too, yeah. Like that. That's, that's what the whole book should be about. Yep. And you don't need to make Rich or a, th- a threat in that way yep. or, or a monster. And the dog, keep the dog around, keep Cosmo. You know, all that stuff was great. So when I walk away from the issue, like you're right about those things, but I, I like those things a lot. So I thought about it favorably, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's also, tough. There, there seems to be a need to make everything some sort of deep mystery, whereas you can just have a book about two Novas. Yeah. You uh, yeah. Young and old, you know, get, finding common ground, you know, kicking ass together, uh, you know, father figure issues, go. Also, I'm really tired of the uh, creepy looking mouth in the palm of a hand trope. <laughs> Which is being used like currently Monet and the X Men has that problem and like other and like yes it's creepy I get it but like all right stop. No. Besides, no one's ever going to beat the Corinthian from Sandman. Right, exactly. Yep. Oh, it. <laughs> <laughs> See. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring that up. All right, so jeez, <laughs> gonna take that off. Okay, so. Those are the books we wanted to talk about this week. You can go to uh, iFanboy and talk about the books you read or these books or other books. And also at iFanboy, you can find iFanboy.com slash support. That's where you can find our Amazon link where you can make all your Amazon purchases. And we get a little piece of the action. Nothing comes out of your pocket. comes out of Amazon's pocket. Helps keep the show going. Also on that page is a direct donation button for PayPal if you're an eccentric billionaire. And tax season's coming up. you got to unload some cash. You know, Feel free to do it through the donation button at PayPal. We accept we are, all. We are not a 5013C. No, we can't tax forms. I don't know. How to, I don't know but what that is. If you need to move cash around, we're we're help to help, happy to help. Patreon.com/slash iFanboy. That's where you can become a uh, patron of the show. We have a, so many great patrons. We get a lot of great rewards. They get they get to vote a book on the show, which we're going to talk about in a second. They get dumb superpowers. They've also unlocked the talk explodes and the book explodes, as well as the monthly hangout we do with them. We just did our monthly hangout earlier in the month, early in the week. I'm sorry. Next up, T-shirts, which we just unlocked. And we just uh, were waiting on a sample, I believe, Ron. Is that where we are? I'm working on, on a lot of things. I'm figuring out uh, printing methods and things like that, yeah. but they're coming. Don't worry. We're tr- we want to find that we want to make the best T-shirts we can for you. So they're there, and there there are a lot of options since we last did this. So. Yeah. <laughs> so Patreon.com/slash/ifanboy. That's where you can help us out directly. Thank you very much, everyone who does that. Yes. So uh, before we move on to the patrons' pick, we're going to go into Star Wars corner. Um, and last week, Josh, well, Josh, you listened to last week's show already, right? Well, as soon as you, I mean, uh, sure. as you got home, as soon as sure. you got back. So, yeah, first thing yeah. you did. Um, so sure. you recall, you recall me talking about Star Wars number twenty-seven, which came out last week, and now Star Wars number twenty-eight came out. <laughs> and uh, as I said on the show, uh, I don't think I like Yoda. <laughs> yeah, he did I say mean, that. Clearly, clearly, the Salvador Larocca program has been optimized. Oh yeah, well, yeah. Uh, at, at, a, at a high extent. Actually, there was a little bit of the Salvador Larocca art because I read all three of these at once. Where I was like, oh, he doesn't look like he looks like he's drawing that. That's not bad. Yeah, except yeah. No, yeah. that was Greg Land in, in in the other in the monsters one. Same thing though. Right. Um, but the point I want to make about this is that uh, issue twenty seven last week ended with Yoda in the bl- in chains made of the blue force material being yep. forced to climb the mountain. Yep. And this issue opens up and and there are no chains. I gotta say that's not the thing that would have bothered me. That, that's a. Uh, I know I'm nitpicking. You are. Maybe the chains were never there. The <laughs> chains were only in his mind. Yes. The chains were only in the everything. reader's mind. Um. But yeah. But uh. I, and they. We. We wrap. Thankfully, we wrap up this little Yoda story as Luke. I love the. I love the image of Luke sitting in the cockpit of his X-wing, just reading Obi Wan's journal. I. I, I seriously. <laughs> you know. 
Yoda is one of those things where I'm like, don't ever do Yoda stories. Yep. I don't think it helps anybody. It's like, uh, it was like Wolverine origin. Don't do that. Yep. It doesn't need to be there. On the other hand, if we get Obi-Wan on Tatooine before episode four stories, I'm all about that. Yeah. Well, what's funny about this, and as I said last week, and as you l- heard when you listened, is that yeah. this is he hates Yoda hates him. No, this is the middle of a C three PO and R two. A C three PO has been captured by stormtroopers. R two's run away to go save them. Luke is going to save both of them. And so, until that happens, Luke is going to read Obi Wan's journal, where Obi Wan tells a story about something that happened to Yoda. It doesn't bother me. <laughs> I know. Just, just weird. You know what? You know what I've discovered is the linchpin of this whole Star Wars comic book thing. What? It's uh, passive aggressive moments of uh, not passive aggressive. It's it's moments when Darth Vader represses his memories. What do you mean? Well, he looks over at the C three PO and he's like, "Yes, no, get rid of him." But I, oh, yeah. I don't want to talk about it. Those right, things yeah, keep yeah. happening over and over again because none of the writers can really take it any further. So they put in this beat where like, does he have a heart? Nope, no, he doesn't have a heart. Over and over <laughs> again, it keeps happening. That's my droid. I mean, nothing. Anyway, so uh, Star Wars number twenty-eight. Thank- thankfully, Yoda is now over, and Luke is going to go off and save the uh, and save the droids. So, <laughs> all right. So, as we mentioned earlier, the patrons vote. All the patrons at every level vote every week to pick up a, a book to put on the show. And this week, it was a neck and neck race until almost the last minute. Paper Girls took an early lead, but it was beaten at the very last second by Star Wars: colon, Darth Maul number one. Written by so, Cullen Bunn, art by Luke Ross. So this is a this is a world's colliding moment where several things are happening here, folks. So the patrons pick is in Star Wars corner, right? And because it's the patrons pick, Mister Kilpatrick has to read it. I did have to read it because you I, you uh, do you do not read any Star Wars comics, you right? Just this told is the patrons much, something that they will use against him in the future. Well, <laughs> they, they they know I don't read these books. This yeah. is like to me. This felt like reading. Um, Justice League and my wife from Power Rangers a couple from a couple weeks ago. Really? Uh, yeah. I liked the Luke Ross art a whole bunch. Yeah. Um, I mean, and listen, is- I'll, I'll give I'll give Darth Maul credit that the character design is fantastic. He didn't design it himself. No, I know, no, He's but an and, Luke, and, and no, yeah, but seeing not you know I haven't read a voluntarily read a Darth Maul story, but ever, um, but to see Luke Ross get and then Luke Ross drew him great and. In you know in the action sequence and all stuff like that it's a reminder of what the potential of the character could have been. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and I mean the story was written fine. Yeah, my problem is I don't ever want to return to this this time, era, this world, yeah. this era, and so I wasn't enjoying it for that reason. And I also, if you have to remember that era, Darth Maul, kind of like Yoda, the less the better. Yeah, like I don't I don't need to know about him being pissed off he can't fight the Jedi yet. And, and the problem with the prequel book much like a film, is that you know where it's going. So ultimately, he can't... It doesn't have any weight, yeah. He can't go fight the Jedi, because you know he can't do that until episode one. So uh, you're kind of running in circles. The, the monster in the beginning was the monster from The Force Awakens, in Rath, case Rath, everyone Rath, catch Rath, that. The Rathgars, the Rathgars. Yeah, yeah. Which, that that um, scene, which I wish wasn't in The Force Awakens. but uh, Also, also... God, I don't know. I hate... I hate ugh. Um, that was great. Like, that was the I most like real that, review. That awesome. <laughs> and it, this, none of this is to do with Colin Bunch, but this is uh, 
He did I, fine. I, it's fine. I feel like the Jedi are diminished when they're like checking people's papers on the streets of Coruscant. Yes. You know, like they they were the guardians of peace and gal and peace and justice throughout the galaxy, but when they're treated like cops who for some reason are wearing robes, it just seems less interesting. Yep. And the robes thing went too far. They all, for some reason, they're all dressing like Obi Wan, even though he was doing because he's living on a desert. Um, if you know, the, I just took. Like don't go down that road. I'm, I'm stopping. I'm just saying. I, I there's there's lots of reasons why I didn't want to read this book. And uh, thank you, thank you, everyone who voted for it. Uh. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like we just stopped there. Uh, <laughs> kind of. I mean, my review is sort of like it's a comic book about Darth Maul. It wasn't anything particularly bad about it, but I aggressively don't, don't care about yeah, I mean, Darth Maul. It's a Darth Maul story, which you know, I, I I don't know. I would you know choose to read this because yeah, I don't really care about Darth Maul. I don't re- like Connor says the story doesn't carry any weight. It's not going to have any big revelation. It's giving us more insight into Darth Maul's character. But again, I think you know he never really had any character. So well, I mean um, that's the thing. Like he was completely yeah. wasted. Like it was like look at this cool looking thing. Anyway, he's dead. Yeah. Um, well, revenge but- for what? Right. I don't really but want to the, know, though. But the, the, the added value of this book is that it does have a backup by Chris Eliopoulos and Jordi Belair, um, which, you know, put Chris Eliopoulos on a uh, droid comic book, and I'll read that till the, de- till, till the end of days. You specify which droid we're talking about. Well, he's, he's talking about the, the, the Darth Maul's probe droids. The whisper droids. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, I, mean, I mean, I didn't even really like that backup. Like, I like Eliopoulos' work a lot. I just didn't – I think that was not one of his better pieces. It was a little, little confusing. Um, I don't know. I just didn't like this it's issue. Just, he re- he anyway. really doesn't like the prequels, guys. Really doesn't. All right. And, and um, I'm not but, holding that against him. Ratings, ratings, ratings. Ratings. I give it a a one. Wow, Josh. Two and a half. I'm gonna give it a three, and it's earning a. It would have been a two, but it's earning a point for Eliopolis. Like so. it's what it it's it's what it you know could have been and needed to be. It's you know, do a book about call- Darth Maul. All right. Yeah, Cullen Bunn and Luke Ross did a fine job on it. Like, like as a structure, as a comic book, it's fine. Is it's anybody the, out there? Here's what I want to know: Is there anybody out there? Because I feel like this has a lot to do with your perspective coming into it. Is there anybody out there like that was awesome? That's exactly what I wanted. This was this was no, awesome. No. Is there anybody out there that could do a Darth Maul book that would have you say, "Oh wow, that was awesome! I can't wait for this." Warren Ellis. I was just gonna say Warren Ellis and Derek <laughs> like, Robertson. <laughs> Like it would have to be something like that, but they would they would have to break. Mark Russell could do it. <laughs> like, so we need to answer that. the answer the next question, sticking with it. Yeah. And obviously, mine is no. Um, yeah, you guys have, have been reading all these Star Wars books. No, we haven't. I have. Ron has. Have you read no, well, no, I stopped at the at the Obi Wan Anakin one. I didn't read that. I did read the Darth the or not the Darth the Han Solo one, but I don't think I ever. Yeah, I read the Han Solo it. one. No, I, I'm not going to read this. I, I I got better things to do in my life than Darth Maul. <laughs> okay. Oh. If you want to vote for Brooklyn Mike Sad, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash ifanboy. And in addition to that, in addition to joining and voting on a book, you get a super power. Sometimes it's dumb, sometimes it's awesome. But we give every patron of a certain level superpower on the show. First off, Josh is kicking it off. All right. Uh Alvin Alvarez. Alan. Alan. Oh, Alvin would have been better. <laughs> Sorry, Alan. Alan Alvarez. Uh his no matter what it is that they're counting, his vote always counts as three votes. How what? Did, 
How is that a power? It's magical. <laughs> like when, it, so if he votes for a thing, all of a sudden it's three higher. So there's four guys in a room who's for and against. All of a sudden, it's uh, it's six to two. So what happens on a jury? I'm not saying it makes sense, but it happens that way. No, but okay. So let's say so he gets he gets he gets put on jury duty, mm-hmm. and everyone they've got they've Has all to got be to put unanimous. In... <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> but they're like, listen, we have twelve jurors, but we have fifteen votes. I don't know how this has happened. He gets dismissed a lot. Your Honor, before we get started, there's something I think you need to know. So wait, so is his power that he can avoid jury duty? <laughs> it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a part of it. It's a, it's an effect, really. His vote counts as three. I, I, you know, he's a triple voter. All right. Okay. Uh, David Brown, thank you. His power, unfortunately, it's another sort of cursed power, is that he sweats sand. <laughs> I straight up literally almost just did a spit take, by the way. I was just <laughs> I'd like to point out that Connor lives very near a beach. <laughs> I do, but he sweats sand. It's it's tough. You know, he doesn't shoot it out like the sandman, he can't control it. It just that's just what that happens. And you know why like... that's a you know, you know why that's a curse? Because sand just gets everywhere. Everywhere. And just, you, just you I hate, I hate sand. And, you know who I hates hate sand? sand? Exactly. <laughs> Anakin Skywalker and hates sand. Thank you, jo- thank you, Josh, for picking up on that. Hates it. All right, um, we want to thank Eric for supporting our fanboy, and uh, Eric, Eric can bring the volume down to a reasonable level. Anywhere, mine. Anywhere, yeah. So if, if 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 there's a truck going by with a loud thing, he can bring the volume down. If if. The- <laughs> Eric can just make it quieter. You're just you're talking to my soul here. I was like, oh my god. And this is from a man who just moved back to New York City, so it's just like just everyone just it's just chill out. Just Will you kids be quiet? You, Eric, get in here. I mean, hypothetically, Eric's riding the subway and the mariachi band comes on, he could just turn it down a little. It's all right. Come on. He can't turn the volume either. up. He can just bring the volume down. That's fine. No one needs so. it to go up. <sighs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Tom Beatty can at will at any point uh, look and sound exactly like Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> every 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 word is uh, every sentence is uh, is a question. <laughs> he sure can. Okay, he can do it. It's gonna be fine. I'm gonna go over there. Okay. Like if he for some reason needs to look and sound like Mark Wahlberg. He's got that in his back pocket. It's a good power. It's he not can a look bad like power. Mark, he can look like Mark Wahlberg or just sound like him. No, he looks and sounds he looks like and him. Sounds like him. Okay, looks and sounds like him. Okay, he can Basically. morph into Mark, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, only Mark yeah. Wahlberg. All right. Is my sandwich ready? Oh, it's gonna be free. Thanks. <laughs> no, I, I know. I'm not trying to steal your sandwich. I don't need it. I'm very rich. I have money. <laughs> oh gosh. All, All right. right. So, so, yeah, so you want anyone? <laughs> There's no one who wouldn't be like, you're not Walt, Mark Wahlberg. It's dead ringer. Even his wife? <laughs> Mark Wahlberg's what? wife? It gets creepy, but yeah. What about Donnie's wife? Jenny McCarthy. Yeah. Uh, yes? Yep. <laughs> so, uh, I guess he would fool Jenny McCarthy. If you want to fool Jenny McCarthy, you can get a superpower. Go to patreon.com slash ifanboy. Sign up today, uh, and we love doing this, so please keep it coming. We got like a year's worth of this coming, so it's... <laughs> Let's do uh, some audience questions. Danny writes and says, I have a question for you about switching to digital comics. I recently moved and just realized how many thousands of comics I have 
from subscribing over the years and I am running out of space for them. The switch to digital comics seems like a great idea, but I feel like I'm going to miss the collecting aspect, going to the comic shop every couple of weeks and find that they are a little harder to read. Uh, I was wondering, what had been your experience switching to digital and does the convenience of it outweigh the collecting experience? Also, do you still grab any paper copies for your collection for things that you really like or that you think will be valuable? Oh, I'm so sick of this question. <laughs> no, no offense, Danny. I mean, I understand it's all thing. Yeah, yeah, I understand. We I understand. Because at one point early on, we were all mixed. Now, I mean, are you still buying issues, Ron? That was a question for no. me. No. Okay, no, so no, we're no. out. Yeah. That's that's significant if you look where we started. Right. No, yeah. And and for me, it's purely a logistics thing. I mean, I still have, I mean, I have a storage unit full of all my trades and hardcovers and everything, but, you know, but like issues. And part of it is because I moved and, and I don't have an LCS now. My LCS in New York closed and is angry on the streets of London. Um, but, uh, you know, and, you know, and so it's just the kind of thing where, you know, but that said, I mean, it's Danny to, to your point, it is absolutely different and it is a different experience. And if you think you're going to miss going to the store and having the fit, then, then don't switch. Like you don't need to, like, you nothing says you have to, you know, you can just not keep them. Right. Just don't keep them. Yeah. There's your solution. There's your answer. There's your show. I mean, I used to show even, even at the very end when I was, uh, buying them, I was giving them away. After I'd read them and we'd do the show, I'd give them away. I'd yeah. give them to school or or uh, to a charity. Like, I wasn't keeping them, really. So you can still go to the store and buy them and, you know, have that experience of going and the socializing aspect of it. But just I mean, I, keep all the issues. You don't have to I keep everything you buy. Yeah, I certainly don't feel the collecting. Like, I don't feel that, co- that collecting itch being scratched. Thankfully, that itch is not as uh, pulsating as it was 10 years ago. Yeah, um, records. Right, yeah, or, or other things. What? But, um... But Josh well, was like, I can't fully I used to fully discount the collector thing. But using oh. records as an example, like when I started buying more of them in the past couple of years, I found it was really satisfying to like go and like buy a thing and pick them out. And, and <laughs> every time you bought it, that'll thing. be twenty eight forty. Hold on. <laughs> no, but there really was something about like having to choose and having to not have everything available to me at all times and like you know, but with comics it's more like the issues where you like buy everything and it's right. just endless endless you, sort of I'll onslaught. Tell you, I'll tell you what I miss about the collecting aspect. I, I don't miss it with the issues because with the, with the drop to page count and the prices and all stuff like that. But actually, doing the book explode on Red Olive to Red to Russian Olive to Red King that was like the first book I've gotten in a few months. Right, mm-hmm. that wasn't a Rick Erie book um, because I'll buy every one of those the day they come out. Um, and I was like, oh man, I missed the the artifact aspect of a book like this. You know, like, and and luckily I still have all those books in boxes. But, um, but like the the like the you know when we were talking about the 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 paper of the of the cover and the embossing and all this sort of stuff, like the the artifact creation, of, like comics make some great products when you look at it from the collecting the collect like the collected edition standpoint. There's you know, all taste. the com- yeah, they all the companies have their own take on it and do little things. You know, some better than others or some different than others, but like the artifact aspect of it, that's something that I, you know, like I'll go to a bookstore and I'll just, you know, I'll just, you know, feel books, just, you know, just to feel that tangible. <laughs> you find you that know, satisfying? Like, and, until, and I go, oh. And then they ask me to leave and then it's a thing. So. Ron's pictures up at various bookstores around New York. <laughs> so, um, but I get, I get it, Danny. So don't, don't somebody don't make that digital. poster. <laughs> <laughs> we, so, are there Hashtag any bookstore satisfied bookstore, Ron. 
Are there still are there any books that <laughs> that we Do still it. collect? Um, I have I have a couple of series that I want to. I just I, I have. We talked about this a year ago when we start when I got rid of my collection and then Ron did shortly after. Um, there's a couple. Of, there's somebody drilling into the wall next to me. Um, <laughs> it's finally freaking free, Connor. It's like, I know. God, <laughs> please be like a crook in like a domino mask and a stripy shirt. Yeah. And a um, cap. The uh, there's a couple of series like Batman and and things action comics I want to collect. Go back and get back issues of. I just I just haven't really done it in the last year. I've been so busy. I, I, I have no desire to go back and get anything collected that's recently been put out. You know, like if anything, it's you like collections of. Buying, actually, this is not single issues, but DC has been putting all those really beautiful uh, omnibus hardcovers out of like the Silver Age books and the Golden Age books, and now they're doing the Bronze. They're doing like everything. Yeah. I just got to this week. It was Batman: Brave and the Bold collection from the Bronze Age, and it was you know Neil Adams and all this stuff, and and yeah. Darwin did all the covers for the Silver Age and Golden Age ones, and I've been buying those like crazy. So that might be where I'm moving towards. I just got the big Darwin Cook art book. I got, yeah, I got that. I yeah. got that. Which, like, like, that Francisco. kind of thing's awesome. But I don't, I don't, uh, I don't like pull them out and look at them enough, which bothers me because now I have a ton of things like that, and they kind of sit there. And every once in a while, I'm like, oh, but like not nearly enough for how good it is. You know what I mean? It's so good. Right. I should be looking at that every day. But I have so many, I, I couldn't do it. Right. I like that. I don't know. No. All, All right. right. Do we have time for another one or? Do a quick one. We Why not? Quick. Okay. Greg writes in and says, I know you talked about it briefly on the show, but what are your thoughts on Superman's newest Rebirth costume? On a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being Electro and 1 being a glowing spider, I'm at a solid 8. Uh, besides one glaring emission, well, two glaring emissions, Greg. Greg's glaring emission is that it looks like a classic Superman uh, costume to me. His other glaring emission is that Electro is always 1 on the scale of 1 to 10. But anyway. No, it's not. <laughs> Sometimes oh, you're right. He is <laughs> on a scale of what happens on a scale of one to ten, with one being an electro and ten being. <laughs> but what about when electro's good? Ten, one, nine. Anyway, what do you guys think? It. Ratings, Superman uh, costume ratings. The one, so he hasn't he hasn't donned it yet. We've only seen the previewish uh, uh, image of it, and I give it I give it an eight. It's each iteration of his costume is closer and closer back to the classic one. Yeah, all, at least all the lines are gone. They brought the red boots back. Um, I don't think the trunks are coming back, and I'm fine with that. The way I, I, I'm fine if this is where it stays, I'm fine with it. Josh, I, um, I don't know. Like, like if the original is the best, and this keeps getting closer to it, it just shows why can't we just have that? So it makes me want to knock it down, even though it's much better than it had been. Right. So no, that's fine. Six. All right. I'm Let's... gonna say on a scale of one to ten, with one being electro and ten being I don't give a shit, it's a ten. <laughs> I love how much you love Superman and other media, but you just <laughs> hate, him in comics. hate him in the comics. Hate him in comics. Ron will rhapsodize all day long about Smallville. About how much you love that show. But he Smallville. Will, <laughs> he will hate Superman with a passion. Connor, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com. Connor, when was the last time you thought in your head, Remy Zero, and laughed? Uh, actually, I'm embarrassed to say not that long ago. For, yeah, exactly. Same thing. So. <laughs> Contact.com is the email to use to get onto the show, get to the discussion. I, uh, we plug things here, and I realize I need to plug a thing. So you got a thing to plug, and I you completely do. didn't plug it. Well, a lot of stuff was going on when it came out. They, thought, they thought, we'll release it on the day of the election, and then everything will be fine. <laughs> Happy days. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So uh, <laughs> there is a book um, uh, compiled by my friend, our fan, uh, writer uh, Jay Stringer. 
uh, called Waiting to, Forgo- to Be Forgotten, Stories of Crime and Heartbreak Inspired by the Replacements. This is a, um, an anthology of uh, short prose stories um, about uh, inspired by songs of the Replacements. And I have a story in there um, based on the song Bastards of Young. Um, and since I wrote that, I've become a much bigger Replacements fan, so I probably should have written that ahead of time. But as I went back and looked at it, I was like, no, no, this all still checks out. So actually doing that really helped me, me do that. Um, Jay's, got, Jay's got a story in there. Uh, a lot of crime writers who, if you're a crime writer person, you would probably know. Uh, Friends Nicolay uh, from, oh, the band I just forgot, Greg... Brooklyn. Are you just saying random words? No, there's a band out of. uh, He's lift. uh, What uh, the whole study? Yeah, 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 yeah. Friend uh, from DC Comic or formerly DC Comics, Archie Comics, and noted crime writer Alex Segura has a story in there. David Campo, who uh, was selected uh, for the DC uh, Talent Workshop, has a story in there, and lots of others. Um, Really proud of it. I like my story in there, but the other ones are much better. You can buy that at Amazon or or. I assume other places, but I know for sure you can get it on Amazon. Waiting to cool. be forgotten, um, and you should check it out. I'm really proud of it. Excellent. Um, also, we previously mentioned in my little plug, I do uh, doing another podcast about Twin Peaks called Damn Fine Podcast. You can go to damnfinepodcast.com where you can subscribe. And on a future episode, Mr. Connor Kilpatrick will be joining us again. Um, I just recorded so- my second appearance. They can't get rid of me. Exactly. Although that's not coming out till later th- later this month, but uh, oh, yeah. But stay tuned. We've got some. We've got some great. We've had Gabe Gabe Hardman on. We had Connor on. We've got some great guests coming up. Um, so if you like Twin Peaks, we're getting that much closer to May. So uh, get on board while you can. That Gabe Hart Gabe Hardman episode was really great. It was good, right? It's all Gabe. He's amazing. He's amazing. Like seriously, if you're a Gabe Hardman fan, go back and go listen to Damn Fine Podcast episode number ten when Gabe was on it, and just listen to some great Gabe stories. Like like ah, oh, they're great. You're, you're, I just just uh, sidetrack here. His revelation that his whole personality is based on Albert Rosenfeld was like a like a bomb went off in my brain. It, it makes it makes everything makes sense now, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this this month we have so many podcasts. So we did a Booksplode podcast on Russian Olive the Red King. That's out. You can find that on the feed. Ron and I did a sh- podcast last week about the Riverdale pilot. That's out in the feed. You can listen to that right now. Ron and I did a podcast about the Powerless pot- Pilot. That's out in the feed right behind this show. You can listen to that right now. We have this regular show coming up. In the next few weeks, we have a Justice League Dark show with the Animation Brain Trust. Ron and I are going to talk about the Legion pilot. Uh, we're going to do a Lego Batman movie show. And then finally, in February, you'll have a Talksplode. So you'll have a lot of extra shows. I, I, this... I spoke with the subject of that Talksplode, and I believe it's on. Awesome. I can't wait. Is it that one that we were talking yeah. about? Awesome. Cool. So. Is it Gabe Hartman? And then also, that's just in February. <laughs> that's just in February, and then in March, we'll have Iron Fist, right? Yes. So uh, lots of pod- extra extra podcasts beyond the regular uh, very special podcast uh, coming out in the next six weeks or so. Lots of, lots of work. Lots of, lot, I'm literally editing while we're recording the show. Um <laughs> All right, so head over to ifanboy.com where you can find all the links to the to the show notes for all those podcasts as well as all of our previous podcasts. Uh, and if you want to follow us on social media, go to facebook.com slash ifanboy or follow us on Twitter at ifanboy. And that's where you can go to find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out so you can be on board with that. Um, and, of course, if you're on Twitter and you want to follow us individually, um, Twitter or Instagram, you can follow us on uh, Josh is at J.A. Flanagan. I am Ron XO, and Connor is at C.S. Kilpatrick. Ron, should we do a weekly Riverdale podcast? 
Oh, Jesus Christ, you're killing me. <laughs> if you like I the was... show, write a review on iTunes. Or better yet, just leave a star rating. It's quick. Just boom, one real quick star rating and you're done. It helps people find podcasts. And you can also tell your friends, tell your comic store owner, tell the guy you're selling your comics to if you decide to get rid of him and go digital. Anyone you, you, you're introduced to, uh, uh, tell them about podcasts. It helps spread the iFanboy love. Uh, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> we, we can't do it. No, I, I don't have time. I know. <laughs> but I really want to. <laughs> really? You really want to? Kind of, but not really. Anyway, we kind of. So that's it for this week's show. Thanks for listening. I'm Connor. I'm Ron. I'm Josh. <laughs>